0: Happy Day of Ascension to all of the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason listeners. You know on Christmas we celebrate Christmas, on Easter we celebrate Easter, on Pentecost Sunday we celebrate Pentecost, on your birthday you celebrate your birthday, on your anniversary you celebrate your anniversary. Well today, May 21st in the year 2020, today is Ascension Day. It has been 40 days since Resurrection Sunday. So today we are going to talk about the Ascension because it is the Day of Ascension. And it's a day that we should never forget. And it's a day that we should celebrate because it is very, very special to the church. You know, speaking of anniversaries, this week my wife, Sister G, and I will celebrate 10 years of marriage. 10 years of marriage. Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife. I love you more than life itself. For those of you that have been with Spirit Signal uh, since the beginning, this episode is our 17th episode. So happy 17th anniversary to all of the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason podcast listeners. One of our early episodes, it's entitled Signs You Found Your Wife. Go back into our podcast library, listen to that episode And you will hear how the Holy Spirit brought my wife and I together. It's uh, one of our top episodes. It's very touching. It's powerful. It's prophetic. And uh, our relationship was built upon uh, the Holy Ghost bringing us together. And uh, the Holy Ghost has kept us together. And he's given us a wonderful life together. So it's a very happy and special week for us. And I pray for all of our married couples out there that the Lord would continue to bless your marriage and the Lord would use you as heirs together for him in Jesus' name. And for all of you single people out there, uh, follow the leading of the Lord. Let God lead you to your spouse. Get the blessing of your parents, their parents, your pastor, all of your friends. Follow a spiritual relationship. Follow a healthy relationship And you're going to have a great spiritual biblical marriage. If Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason is a value to you, a blessing to you, your family and friends, I ask that you please consider subscribing. Subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a great review and rating. Also, follow me on social media, Facebook pages, Instagram and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. You know, I don't make any money off this. We have not monetized this podcast at all. This is all for free, free to you. I'm doing it for free. Freely I've received, freely I am given. But the way that you can give back to me and give back to the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason community is please share this podcast with your friends. Share it. Repost it. Add it to your story. Retweet it. Text it. Email a link. Do something. Share this podcast with your friends, your family your church especially your youth group your hyphen group all of your inner circle of friends if you know somebody that is interested in God Bible and church this is the podcast for them we're taking God Bible and church the genre of religion and spirituality to a deeper level on this podcast weekly Thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time and people are just dying to get this into their ears I've already gotten great reports from parents that said Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason has been a blessing to their teenagers. They hear their teenage sons and daughters, who were at one point very spiritually discouraged. They got a hold of Spirit Signal, and it has brought interest to them in God. They're starting to read their Bible, and they're starting to become interested in spiritual things. Uh, so those are some of the greatest compliments that somebody could give me, because that's that's Spirit Signal is for everybody but primarily those from the age of about 10 to about mid-30s is who we're really reaching after and who we're really making a difference in. I just, I just feel that this generation is hungry for God. They have a strong desire to get good reception to the voice of God. And Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason is the podcast to subscribe to, to become a faithful listener to, and also to share it with those you care about the most. Jesus said, book of Luke, chapter 24. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. This portion of scripture recorded in Luke. It's also found in the book of Mark, prophesied in the book of John, and recorded in the book of Acts, and referenced in other various places in the New Testament. But before it was all in the New Testament, it was prophesied in the Old Testament that Messiah would be here on earth but he would not stay here upon this earth but he would ascend into the heavens it was spoken of by the prophets the psalmist some of the kings foresaw it and it happened you take a look in psalm 16 the psalmist says therefore my heart is glad my glory rejoices my flesh will also rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Shaol." that's hebrew for the word hell nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. This is a prophecy of Messiah speaking. He says, my soul would not remain in hell. When Jesus died on that cross, he cried out with a loud voice so that the entire city could hear. His soul, like the soul of any man, went down into hell. Like anybody in the Old Testament times, when they died, their soul went to the underworld. There was no hope in death in the Old Testament, but Jesus came to bring us that hope in the New Testament, in his new covenant, that we have hope beyond death. It's called eternal life with him. But Jesus, the Messiah, took great encouragement knowing through this psalm, this prophecy, that he would not remain in hell. I mean, do you want to remain in hell? <laughs> do you want to be in the flames? Do you want to be tortured like that rich man uh, looking across the great, as my friend Pastor Tony Wyatt Jr. says, the great chasm, and seeing the uh, uh, Lazarus in Abraham's bosom? No. Hell is not a place you want to remain. So there is great joy for Messiah and all the other Old Testament saints that hell was not permanent in that place in that time, but Messiah would bring them out of that place. Also, there was another great, exciting prophecy that Messiah's body would not see corruption, meaning there would be no bodily decay. This all started in uh, a week before Jesus uh, was crucified and buried when he was sitting at meat with many of the Pharisees, his disciples, and many others. And a woman, Mary, came in and saw that nobody had showed hospitality in washing the Lord's feet. And this broke her heart. And I think she knew that Jesus would sometime soon be taken away. She heard his prophecies. She heard the things spoken about himself. She knew what the Word of God said. And she took probably the most valuable, precious object that she owned, a bottle of spikenard. broke it, poured it upon the Lord's head and his feet, anointed him. This was customary hospitality uh, back then. And uh, she wept over the Lord's feet, dried, her t- dried his feet with her hair. And that, that was her form of foot washing back then. And Jesus says something so powerful. He says, she has come to anoint my body for the burying. Anoint my body for the burying. And he said other things. What she has done will be spoken of throughout generations. And that is true. There is not a preacher out there that doesn't have a sermon on Mary breaking that alabaster box. She still talked about to this day, a very powerful holy moment, Amen. But what she did there, Jesus said, it's done for the burial. And a week later, Jesus is on the cross. You know what people could smell all around him, Mary Spikenard. You know what Joseph Arimathea, Nicodemus, anybody else was there at the burial could smell. When they were wrapping his body, Mary's Spikenard. When those Roman soldiers were guarding his tomb. You know what they could smell outside of that tomb? Mary's spikenard. You know what the apostles could smell whenever he walked through that wall right into that room? Mary's spikenard. And who knows? Maybe we can still smell it to this day. Maybe the angels up in heaven can still smell that spikenard to this day. It was a powerful holy moment. She did it for his burial. And it was a part of the process of Jewish burial So that the odors of the of a decaying body could not be smelled But the prophecy says that Messiah's body would not see any corruption All of the blood was drained out of the Lord's body thus delaying the rigor mortis His body did not decay at all neither was any foul odor upon his body it was completely preserved perfectly in that grave for three days and three nights awaiting for his soul to return so he could resurrect. There was absolutely no decay in that body. I have been to the holy city of Jerusalem twice now, and I've seen the tomb of Jesus twice now. And I tell you what, you walk in there, the Holy Ghost will give you, it will give you a witness in your spirit that this is the actual tomb. Pretty much every place there in the land of Israel is very accurate. It used to be in decades past, some of the tourists, they, they, they weren't really for sure, but now with all of the experts in archaeology, uh, comparing it to biblical texts, comparing it to other ancient resources, <laughs> every place is accurate. But that tomb, when you walk in, you will feel the Holy Ghost, a witness in your heart and your mind, your soul, your spirit, that this is the place. And scientists have studied that tomb, and they have not found any trace of any decayed flesh. There has never been a decayed body laid in that tomb. It's as if no dead body was ever placed in there. Why? Because the prophet foresaw it through this psalm that the Holy One would never see any corruption. No corruption. His body was even prepared before he died for the burying. And then afterward, wrapped up by Joseph of Arimathea and placed in that tomb so that he could come out of there alive. Amen. Praise the Lord. The path of life. The path of life. This is Jesus speaking of his day of ascension when he ascended up into the heavens, received up in a cloud, and sat at the right hand of God. It says that God would show him the path of life in his presence as fullness of joy and at his right hand pleasures forevermore. Jesus suffered rejection. He suffered betrayal. He suffered scourging, crucifixion, had to endure the pains of the underworld, and he did it all and is now rewarded with joy and pleasure. All of that is fulfilled. The Lord is joyous in heaven now. The Lord has experienced great pleasure now in heaven, and he is worthy of it. This is the power of the ascension. It is the Lord's reward. It is the Lord going to receive his great dominion and power, It is the Lord ascending to where he belongs because he is not of this earth he came from heaven he is going to where he returned where he belongs on his throne in the heavenly realm and that's why we celebrate the day of ascension more so another psalmist said Psalm 110 the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool sit at my right hand you notice it doesn't say sit on my right hand it's not like you have God the Father up there, an old man with a long white beard and long hair, and a little man sitting on his right hand, Jesus Christ, his Son. That's not what it means. It's not even differentiating two different persons. For the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus is the express image of his personage. God is not persons. God is a person. He's one. It's God Almighty, the Ancient of Days, manifesting into the man Jesus Christ what this phrase sit at my right hand means it not means you are separate from me but rather it means you are my power you are my power God to this day manifests in the glorified man Jesus Christ his son Jesus was not of this earth he came from heaven he was brought into existence he was begotten of God himself He is God manifested in the flesh, one person. He is now in heaven, the ultimate power of God. He is at the right hand. He is the right hand of God. He is ultimately the power of God, the decision maker of God, God's authority, God's power. All of it is now placed in Jesus Christ because of the ascension. Praise the Lord. Then that Psalm says in Psalm 10, till I make your enemies your footstool. The enemies of Jesus were obviously Satan, obviously uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of the betrayers that put him to death, all of that. But ultimately, I believe it speaks of the spiritual enemies, which is Satan, the spirit of death, and the spirit of hell that the Lord conquered. He conquered it through his death, burial, resurrection, and through his ascension. The Lord Jesus Christ ascended up into heaven. You take a look in Proverbs a prophecy of King Solomon, a prophecy of the king. He says, Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If you know. This is a proverb, yea, I say, a prophecy. Some really good questions about Messiah that would come. The question, who ascended up into the heavens and who also descended? That's speaking of the Lord Jesus. He descended in the lower parts of the earth. His soul went down into hell. And then he ascended up into the heavens on the day of ascension, 40 days later. It's referring to Jesus. The wind in his fists. I believe that this is ancient prophetic language concerning the sending of the Holy Ghost to the church by the initial sign, the first sign of speaking in other tongues, fulfilled on the day uh, of Pentecost, which is 10 days from now. Bound the waters in the garment. You know what I, I believe that's language referring to? Baptism, baptism in Jesus' name, the immersion in water for the remission and the forgiveness of sins. In the garment, Uh, who knows, that could be those nice uh, blue or burgundy uh, baptism robes. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I I don't know. I believe that is speaking of baptism in Jesus' name. Who has established the ends of the earth? That's speaking of end-time Bible prophecy that is yet to come and be fulfilled. And what is his name? Well, of course, that is the name of Jesus, all of the power, all of the authority, the greatest name ever to be given is the name of Jesus. It's the name of power and dominion. Uh, So there you have it. Solomon spelled it right out there. Who is ascended? It's Jesus. Who has the wind in his fists? It's the sending of the Holy Spirit bound in the waters. It's Jesus' name, baptism. Who has established the ends of the earth? It is Bible prophecy. And what is his name? It is Jesus. This is a very powerful proverb, uh, completely endorsed by Solomon, although he may not have given it himself. It may have been the words of an associate of his by the name of Agur, Agur, the son of Jacob. But still, it comes directly from the king's writings, comes from a king about a king. These are the Old Testament prophecies of Messiah that he would ascend. Now, keep this in mind, the great enemy of our soul, Satan, the devil, One of the Old Testament prophets by the name of Isaiah had great wisdom and deep insight into the spirit world of something that happened probably uh, way before he was ever born, way before maybe any of you and I are uh, born. There's really no time stamp given what I'm about to read to you. But listen to what Isaiah says, Isaiah 14. It says, you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground? You have weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart that I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. When I read this prophecy, it has a past, present, and future context to it, some things that have happened, some things that will be spoken of in the future, and, and there's more to it, even more than I just read, but speaking of the ascension, I believe this really applies to it. You notice Lucifer, which means son of the morning, who through other scriptures, we know that this means Satan. This, this is the devil himself. It is a vision and prophecy revealing to us things that happened concerning him, Essentially, Lucifer has no imagination. He's a counterfeiter. He wants to do what God intends to do. He wants to take away what God has done, what God intends to do, and have it all for himself. It's all about Satan becoming like God. It's all about him taking the place of God. It's like, Satan, can't you be your own person Can't you become your own Lucifer? But no, he wanted to have what God has. You know, God gave Lucifer a lot of power. I have a theory that Lucifer was the first angel ever created. The greatest greatest in authority, the greatest in power, he was the first one that God created. And therefore, being the first, he wanted to have everything that the first should have. He wanted to become greater than God. And he tried to exalt himself, this prophecy says. He tried to go up to where God is. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to become above the stars, all of that. And he was brought down for this. Essentially, Lucifer is wanting to be Jesus. He is wanting to be the begotten son of God. He is wanting to have all of the authority and the power that Jesus was given. But he never received it. He was brought down. And let me just tell you this, there is great danger in wanting to ascend above what God has given you. And I'm seeing this happen. You need to be content with the measure of calling and ministry that God has for you. The day that you try to ascend above it is the day that you are brought down. That's the original sin of Satan. He wanted to go up higher. So, if you're an alto and you try to self appoint yourself to a soprano without your choir directors permission you in a way are following in the footsteps of Satan if you try to get your a mic and try to sing a solo without that type of authority you are doing the exact same thing as Satan did if the altar call is going and nobody's on the instruments, but you, without any authority or any permission, jump on there on the piano and try to start singing and have all the attention done on you, which I've seen happen before, all the attention uh, taken from God onto you. I've seen this happen before somebody gets up and starts playing and singing. Everybody's like, what are you doing? A total disruption. It's not God. It's all about them trying to create their own platform, trying to create their own seen trying to create their own attention and usually you're going to be brought down for that usually you're going to be brought down for that it may be done with grace sometimes disgrace (laughs) but don't do that don't do that if you haven't been given a place to preach in the pulpit just wait don't stand up and take control yourself wait for god wait for the opportunity what did Jesus teach us to do? Did he teach us to go and sit in the high seat at the feast? No, he said sit in the lowest seat. Wait for somebody to offer you the position. Your calling, your ministry, all of that will be fulfilled at the invite of the pastor in your life, your man of God. Who knows? God may have had bigger and better plans for Lucifer, but he couldn't wait. He wanted to go up higher. And it says he fell from heaven. Lucifer fell from heaven but what does it say about Jesus Jesus didn't fall from heaven Jesus was sent by heaven John chapter 6 verse 38 Lucifer is said to be the son of the morning who is Jesus he is the bright and the morning star revelation twenty-two sixteen 16 says Lucifer weakened the nations That's what he's trying to do. That's what he's doing to this day, to try to prepare the way for his supposed son, the Antichrist. Lucifer is doing everything he can to weaken nations, to weaken them through wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, all of these things, things that are going wrong right now in this COVID-19. It's all designed to weaken nations and to bring about Governing economic structures that weaken nations. Nations that are left with nothing. That's why I believe in the free capitalist market. Because a free capitalist market makes a nation strong. But Satan's trying to do everything he can to weaken it and to bring in the socialist new world order. And you know, I know that's scary to think about. I know it's weird to think about. Not for all you socialists. You socialists love it. And by the way, if you're a socialist, you can be a part of the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason podcast. We welcome your subscribership, we welcome your listenership, and feel free to always express your opinions. But I believe it's all designed to weaken the nation and to weaken the world. And these are the end times and these are the things that are coming. And is is God up there a Republican? No. Is he up there a Democrat? Absolutely not. Is he a socialist? No. Is he a communist? No. He's none of that. You know what it is? It's a kingdom. <laughs> That's God's governing structure. It's kingdom. Everything belongs to the king. Everything is for the king. And it's a good thing. It's really the best system if you got a good king. Because we've seen how a kingdom goes bad if you have a bad king. But if you have a good king, oh man, it's the greatest empire. It extends and it can never be brought down. Long live the King Jesus who ascended up into the heavens and is sitting on his throne governing the world. He's governing America and he's governing me right now behind this microphone on Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. But Lucifer seeks to weaken the nations. What did Jesus do? He didn't come to weaken nations. He came to preach to all nations. Luke 24 and verse number 47 what does lucifer say in his own heart he speaks in his own heart i will ascend but what does jesus say no one has ascended to the heaven but only he who came down from heaven the son of man john chapter 3 and verse number 13 lucifer said i will exalt my throne above the stars of god i will take my throne up to the stars of god you know that's a, a really interesting idea you know a lot of people believe this Um uh, Prophecy happened way before uh, the first day of creation. We'll, Well, think about this. If there are no stars, how can Lucifer ascend above them? When did God create the stars? Day three of creation, right? So Lucifer could not, he could not have ascended above something that wasn't created. So this, of course, happened at least after day three of creation. Yes, it did. But he wants to go above the upper celestial atmosphere into the spirit world, into the upper realm of heaven, which is only reserved for, the, for God. It's only reserved for his throne. And he wanted to go up higher. But what does Jesus do? It says, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, would be risen up, that is Christ, to sit on his throne. Acts chapter 2 and verse 30. There is only one that could arise above the stars, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Lucifer says, I will ascend above the clouds. I'm going to be like the Most High. What does it say of Jesus? That the Son of Man is coming on the clouds of heaven. Matthew 24:30. God moved and manifested in clouds at many moments, at many times. You look in the Old Testament, how does he manifest to Moses and Israel in front of the, in front of the tabernacle? It's always in clouds. How does he manifest in the, in the temple with the priests so they couldn't even minister? It's in clouds. What is Jesus carried up to into the heaven? It's a cloud, according to Acts 1. And he's going to return with the clouds. This is the spiritual manifestation of the glory of God. Something that Satan wanted to control, something that Lucifer, the son of the morning, wanted to have, but it was never given to him, but he wanted to take it. By self-appointing himself to something greater, to ascend where only Jesus could ascend, and he was brought down. Isaiah says, Lucifer, you will be brought down into the pit. It's referring to the lake of fire. And what does it say of him in Revelation 21.10? That Satan was cast into the lake of fire. See, today the Day of Ascension. It's a celebration of where Jesus went and what he is doing. He's preparing a place for us to one day come and join him. He is ruling, governing his church, governing his, governing his kingdom from his heavenly throne. And we celebrate that. Because how can we go to heaven if Jesus hasn't gone there before us? As followers of Jesus, we're always behind him. We can't go to where he hasn't gone before us. And he's up there in heaven. And soon, very soon, he will call us to be with him. But the Day of Ascension is also a reminder to us about the wicked one who wanted to ascend greater to something greater that God had not given to him. And it's a reminder uh, to us to remain humble, to be content in our calling, to wait on God and wait on others who have a greater ministry than us to invite us into a greater place you know there's a big push right now a big push right now to put people in ministry not based upon their gifts not based upon their callings but a lot of it has to do with their gender and their ethnicity that's not how God works he is no respecter of persons so if a pastor asks a man to be youth pastor of his church and the wife self-appoints herself to be the co-youth pastor, I want to say to you, sister, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it like Lucifer did. If there's a young man out there who aspires to be a man of God in the church, and you're going around trying to make decisions that only the pastor can do, you're trying to become the decision maker, trying to become the authority, maybe you're a board member, something that your pastor nominated you too, the church ratified you too, but really it comes from your pastor and your board member trying to become the pastor of the church. You're doing the exact same thing that Lucifer did. You're trying to ascend in a place that you don't belong. And the same fate that happened to Lucifer will happen to you. I don't care if you're a man or woman, what ethnicity you are, If you try to ascend in a place that God did not put you to, and a man or a woman of God did not invite you to, you will be brought down. Let God ascend. Let the people he has chosen to ascend. And anybody else that wants to go up higher where they don't belong, may they descend as Lucifer did. I'm Justin Gleason, and I approve of everything that I just said.